Maybe we should start a podcast. We should we should start a podcast, you and yeah, I. Yeah, we should start a podcast. <laughs> this is my thought. Roll with me. A podcast. Great. Welcome back to Gilmore to Say with Tara and Haley. I'm Tara. This is Haley. Hi, Haley. Hi, Tara. We talk way too fucking much. I know. <laughs> we had to split this into two parts. We didn't shut up. We do not know how to shut our mouths. I know. These episodes were about, it was about four hours long. That's why you've got a second bonus episode on a Thursday. And I'm sorry that those girlies talk too much. That's not us. Could not yeah, be us. <laughs> but I, I feel like it's it's fun. It was, it was a nice time. I love that whenever we talk about ourselves and we give notes... We talk about ourselves in the third person, like past version, as if that is not us. I always write my notes and I'm like, tell Tara to shut up. Tell Tara to stop talking about this. (laughs) Cut Tara from doing this. It's like it's not me. We also leave notes for like me when I'm editing the episode. So like past us would be talking to future Haley. Yeah. Hi, future Haley. Yeah. They're like, we're so sorry about the way that this happened. Can you fix this for us, please? (laughs) So anyway, let's get into finales. I've done this on my TikTok relatively recently. I did this too. But I will say it's different. (laughs) Mine is different as well. When I did it on TikTok, it was a personal preference. I think I just changed my mind. That's okay too. (laughs) We reserve the right to change our minds. Yeah. Always. I think that our last one is the same. Maybe. What's your last one? Bon Voyage, Mm -hmm. season seven. Here's the thing. I almost ranked it higher because I do think that the way that they wrapped this show up under the circumstances was actually kind of, it left everybody feeling resolved. Not everyone. Not everybody. (laughs) But they gave the audience the resolve that they could have needed had the show been canceled, which it ultimately was. I think that they wrapped it up nicely considering it was a pretty rough season a pretty weak season but it's not an episode that I really enjoy watching it's not one that necessarily gives me the feels that a lot of the other episodes the sentiment of it is what you were like is what you were saying like it kind of feels like they like they said they didn't really know and like if you read about it in Lauren Graham's talking as fast as I can Mm -hmm. like I cry every time I get to that part when she starts talking about like being at the restaurant and getting the call um, from her agent which is like crazy to think that you'd be sitting at a restaurant and get a call instead of someone calling your cell phone 2007 is that Mm -hmm. what this episode is really low for me because it will always be low that they ended Logan's storyline like that in the episode before and then never to be seen from or heard from again very very bizarre and I know that like they're not going to bring a ton of conflict into this last episode if they're like wrapping it up but it just feels so it feels so pandering Mm -hmm. if they were to have another season after that I don't really know what they would how they would have come back from it what would they have done because I remember there was like a consideration for I think that Lauren actually talks about this in her book about like bringing Amy back for an eighth season after but ultimately they like canceled the show that that's just the direction they decided to go with but like what would you do after that like whole Rory and Lorelai in the living room moment of like you've given me everything I need Mm -hmm. and it's just like I it's like I want to be emotional when I watch it but I'm like Mm. I just I'm like I feel like vibes were off that was how all of season seven was and I know a lot of people really do like the how that ended um which we it's one of those things that you've spoken to on the pod before about being easily digestible yeah it's like wrapped up in a bow and given to us in a way that we can say all right which isn't Gilmore Girls right okay what's your next one my next one is season three those are strings Pinocchio really I don't love that episode I love the graduation scene I love when she goes to her grandparents and asks for the money yeah as an episode shocked 
for me, I think it's it's just kind of like a bland ending to a very exciting, like you said, chaotic season. And what else could they have done? They ended it with Rory graduating, deciding to go to Yale. It's just one of those things where like a chapter is ending and they ended the chapter. Comparing it to like the opening of that season of um, Lazy Hazy Crazy, when Luke has that dream, because like it starts with Lorelai having the dream. Book ended with dreams. So random though, because it's like happens kind of towards the end of the episode, but still like the middle of the day Mm -hmm. because it's dark outside. Luke is asleep. He wakes up from this dream and then they go back to daytime Mm -hmm. and it's like, it feels like it feels a little forced. I agree. Like that they didn't incorporate that, that they like ran out of filming time when it was bright outside. They like the lights broke so that they couldn't like movie magic it and pretend like he was taking a daytime nap. The whole effect of that was just really weird for me. I completely agree. Again, from a comfort standpoint, from a personal standpoint, I love that episode because it's like warm, fuzzy early seasons. I could see that. I mean, it's not super high for me, but like I was just surprised. I was surprised for you. Well, because you know it's one of my favorite seasons. Yeah. What's yours? Love Daisies and Troubadours. Okay. Again, it's the daisies of it all. It's the Rory and Dean I love you, you idiot. Like, I just, it's a nice end cap to the season. That episode, though also a warm fuzzy for me, like, I would watch it over and over and over again from, like, a storytelling perspective. That is right above Those Are Strings Pinocchio. Yeah. It's just, it's kind of there. I don't love the Rory and Dean of it all. I don't love the Max and Lorelai of it all. Like, I would put the finale of those two, season three and season one, sort of on the same plane for me, which is why I ranked them towards the bottom. Yeah, same. Because my next one is Those Are Strings Pinocchio. Yep. I ranked it a lot higher on TikTok. And part of Me it is because the sound that like they put for the finale was the graduation speech. Yes. And it's just like, I can see Rory, like a picture of Rory giving her speech, not even talking and I'll start crying. Yeah. Because it's just like, that's like the moment. Oh, that I is like saw. the Gilmore Girls moment. Yeah. When she talks about Emily and Richard, she talks about her mom. Like I literally am openly weeping throughout that whole thing. They get the in. Like it's a good episode. It's just from the other ones that we get if we're comparing them against one another. Yeah. I just find it to be a little on the weaker side. That's all. I agree. I'm not comparing it up against Bon Voyage. <laughs> Trust. <laughs> no. But no. you know what I'm saying. I feel exactly the way you do. I just like, I think we ours were flipped. We're flipped. Yep. I'm actually really surprised that we're like tracking this evenly on I these. Know. My next one's fall. Okay. I think personally, it's probably higher. Like if I was ranking these just from my perspective, I actually think I would put it third if I'm being honest. But from like the, I tried to incorporate it storytelling and personal preference in these because I fucking adore Adore. I I already want to like rank it higher. I already want to change my mind. I know. Because the Life and Death Brigade scene, the Rory and Logan goodbye, hands down one of my favorite episodes in all of Gilmore Girls, including the series. Like I love when he fucking puts that hat on her head as like the Amy Sherman Palladino reference of it all, frames her face and just is like, that's how he's going to remember her for fucking forever as he goes about his sad life when he's married to a woman he doesn't love and just goes into his... Yeah. And like, I don't like the ending. I don't either. And that's why this was hard for me to rank. Yeah. And I think that that's, I think that's where I get caught up in it is like, I have to like think of it as like a whole ending and not just for like my little Logan and Rory. So I think that's why it falls a little lower because I think in terms of like a finale ending, it's not, it doesn't hit right for me. I'm talking myself back into my ranking. Yeah. It's, it's where it is for a reason. Um, but oh, I just fucking, I can't like, I can't pick this one just for that one scene, you 
know, because like the rest of it, because I, totally I think understand. that like the parallels that are in it to the other series are done better in other episodes. Mm-hmm. So like, I'll just, you know, I'll leave it where it is. I also had fall. Really? I did. I was wow. just surprised thought, that you, yeah. considering that scene, I was surprised that you ranked it towards the bottom more in the middle. Um, I do wow, like I'm it. The way that us. it ends, I think is very exciting, but yeah. it wasn't something that I particularly love, which we have a lot to say on those yeah. last four words. Um, if you want to listen to our last four words episode. <laughs> or if you haven't already. Those lazy, hazy, crazy last four words. It just feels... Like I love reflecting light. Oh, there are so many things I love about it. Again, it goes back to the seasons one and three of it all. Those are two of my favorite seasons, but yeah, the finales but... just didn't hit right for me. And like I said... Fall is my favorite episode of the revival. It's just when you're ranking it from a storytelling perspective against all the rest of them, it just hits different. It doesn't stand up the same way. I agree. Now I'm like so interested in our next ones. I think that we're going to differ on the next one. Maybe. This is number four, right? Yeah. Top four. Number four. Tell me yours. You say yours. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Mine is raincoats and recipes. Mine is a house is not a home. Okay. This is where I thought we would start to differ. And the thing is, for me, it was between raincoats and recipes and a house is not a home because I actually don't really love either of these episodes. Raincoats Mm. and recipes, I will watch for the Lorelai and Luke of it all. I hate, 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 hate. Double hate. Loathe entirely. entirely. The Dean and Rory of it all is what makes Raincoats and Recipes a really hard one for me to watch. Raincoats and Recipes feels like that episode, though, like you were saying, like you hate the Dean and Rory storyline, but it's so fucking good. It's very delicious conflict. Like the way that it like ends that season with like the tension that was building between them, how it like started with like Rory was upset he was getting married and he was still in love with her. And they had this like weird little flirty tension that was happening when she was crying and then like the way that like it builds up and like breaks there because from a personal standpoint I don't like watching it but I love the way that all unfolded and I think it was a really good end to season four Mm -hmm. and really set us up to like want to come back in season season five five, for sure and I think that that's what like a finale needs but I think that that my other my like top three did it better but I think that people people really hate on this episode because of the Rory and Dean part but I think that's a part that like makes it so good because like the Luke and Lorelai of it is like good but like like we've talked about before like the kiss between them we like the so good talk we like that one better in season five completely this is another moment where again I think Lauren Graham was given dialogue that felt very forced to me when she says will you just stand Stand still?" still it just felt like not the right moment or vibe for her and her character. Like, I understand what they were trying to do there because it worked so with well Luke, with Luke when yeah. he was just like, will you just stand still? <laughs> I love it when she says he's it. he's been standing still this whole time. <laughs> yeah, truly. From a, like, symbolism standpoint, 100%. Yeah. But I, I think it is endearing when she says it. And again, Lauren Graham is such a fantastic actor, but I just didn't love the line. I thought yeah, the line neither. put her in a position to feel for it to feel forced. So I do love that kiss. It's much yummier in season five at the end of So Good Talk than it is here. But I don't know. I do love it. I, I, I'm very conflicted here. As, as weird as it is, I like the Rory and Dean drama better. Like, I think it's just, it's more interesting. And I know at the time it was like, this is the moment. We've been building for this for seasons and seasons. But like, when I watched it, I didn't have that. I started in the middle of season four. Mm-hmm. So when I saw it, I was like, great, they're together now. Yeah, who's this so guy? It, like, didn't, it took like a while 
to like when I went back and like watched it in full to get the full impact of it. Mm -hmm. And I just I've always thought the Dean and Rory storyline was better in that. That's my that's my four. I understand. That's your four. And so three would be I can't get started. Okay. I say no sparkly heart, but I'm with you. (laughs) I know you do. I know this is like I can see in my mind how how this the rest of this plays out. Like when we hit four, I was like, I know I know where this is going. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm not going to lie to you. My two, three, four could be interchanged at any time. I know how much you love partings. I know where yeah. you stand. Yeah. So do our besties <laughs> who are listening. Two, three, and four for me could be interchanged depending on my mood, depending on like what storyline I want to focus on. Partings is very strong. I don't love the way that it ends from a comfort standpoint because I'm like, Lorelai, dude, what yeah. did you just do? And on the whole, I Can't Get Started is my favorite finale. I love seeing Suki get married. Yeah. That whole vibe is really good. And Rory has finally, finally acted on her feelings for Jess, regardless of whether, yeah. you know, where you stand on the whether moral right compass of it all. She did. Yeah. And then it all falls apart in the last two minutes of the episode. Oh, I love when it falls apart. <laughs> and so it just leaves you wanting more you watch them walk down and that's how it ends it's just like you just left us with all of these questions but like good questions that leave us wanting more not questions that leave us going what like you did at the end of the revival I do love that like the beginning of that episode I can't get started is playing and it ends with it playing like I love it I love that episode (sighs) me too but that's why for me it's at the top of the list because like the choices that are made like Rory's choice to kiss Jess of course made me feel all the feels when I was younger Chris then being like sure he's pregnant that's some of my favorite Lorelai drama. Me too. Because we talked about, when we talked about cheating, mm-hmm. because Lorelai is like so convinced that like, oh, you're going back to Sherry because we're together now. Like yep. she's so committed to this. She believes in him. And like, it takes her a second to be like, oh, you're letting me down again. And it's just the way the heart breaks is beautiful. Because you can watch the logical, emotional struggle between her. Like you're literally watching it happen. And that's why Lauren Graham is such a phenomenal actress. Like she's like, okay, you've got to do this. You've got to go. All right. And then, yeah, Rory runs up after just kissing Jess. She's going to D.C. for the summer. I'm going to D.C., yeah. And Lorelai just goes, oh. And then they walk down. Oh, I I just think it's so, so strong. Again, I really think they hit their stride in season two. And and it sets us up for a really, really good season three. It's interesting that your favorite, like, finale and uh, premiere are, like, one after another. Like, I love that for you. Thank you. I also think part of why I love it as a finale is because I know where we're going with partings. The reason I have such a tough time with it is because I know we're heading into season seven where like it's not quite what I wanted. So yours is a house is not a home, partings, and then I can't get started? From top to bottom. It's I can't get started, partings, a house, a is, house not is not a home slash raincoats and recipes. I teeter. Okay. Because then mine is, my top is, of course, partings. And then I'm a house is not a home. And then I can't get started. Yeah. Because a house is not a home for me. I think it's probably in my top 15 episodes because it is so, like, the parallels between season, like, this finale and the pilot are so gorgeous. Like, I think that if they ended this series, which, like, it would have been traumatizing to end the series about a mother and daughter with them, like, on the outs and, like, her moving in with her grandparents, I think it would have been, like, a fantastic run of the series. Like, I think that the end cap of that from the pilot would have made so much sense. Yeah. Because, like, the parallels that are in it, the way that, like, we've seen them change, like, because we get the 
like that her coming to ask for the emotional support as opposed to the financial support from the pilot. We have Rory wanting to drop out of Chilton, but now she's wanting to drop out of Yale. And like the way that there's everyone's story arcs have kind of come full circle in a mm. sense. I think it's so gorgeous. I think that the way that um, Lorelai's dollhouse is on sale, like at a discount at Miskin's Antiques, is like a foreshadowing for what's about to happen mm-hmm. is really brilliant. Um, just like everything that's going on, I think, from the beginning of like Rory getting out of jail to like the Rory and Logan hug that's in this episode that everyone knows that I love so much. Mm-hmm. But just as a whole, I love the way that this episode not only wraps up the season that was just so good because we talked about how we both agreed that season, oh, season five, five was five the was best super season. Super strong. That I just feel like that it like ended a really good season really well. And there's a moment in it that we can talk about we'll end up ranking a little bit later in this episode um that is really big for me Mm -hmm. it was going to be my top if we like took partings out of the equation because sometimes I feel like I need to because I'm too enthusiastic about this episode yeah and I understand why partings is an incredibly strong episode every single moment of it from beginning to end like I could probably recite the whole episode (laughs) at this point I believe you yeah just like I love the way that it bookends with Lorelai laying on the couch at Suki's house, just looking, listening to them, like getting their kids out the door to like it ending with Lorelai looking off, like laying on her side in Chris's bed, listening to him get his kid ready to go out the door. Like Lorelai and Logan having this parallel moment of like asking too much of their partner and not getting it what they want in return. And they have like the same final line that we hear from them in that episode which is I have to go from both of them we get Lorelai saying I love you to Luke for the first time or hearing it on our end they might have said it in the car before that but we'll never know the like with Jan and that Emily's kind of on her side now for some reason and like oh I could just go on and on it's it's a very 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 strong episode I just think if you're looking at the episode as a whole, on its own, standalone, phenomenal, mm-hmm. to know where it goes, I think, is where I start to lose myself. That's really, honestly, same. Like, if the, if the series would have ended on this, it would have been really devastating. Oh, heartbreaking. They needed to see it through. But the way that it was seen through because of the circumstances surrounding Amy and Dan yeah. having to leave the show really is what leaves, like, that lingering sort of bad taste in my mouth at the end of... Partings, I totally get that. You know? And I know a lot of people really don't like this one because they're like, why well, do you who like wants to be every- uncomfortable? But yeah. Haley loves conflict. <laughs> Rory broke her arm I- and she threw a party. <laughs> Yeah, Rory broke her arm. Um, you know, Logan is hobbling on a cane. Yeah, and Haley is living. <laughs> And just like when he's like hobbling to the elevator and she waves at him and he doesn't fucking wave back. It's just it's so good. And like I think that one of the reasons I love it so much is when you're looking for like like I think we talked about that appointment television doesn't really exist anymore. Yeah. But like having a finale during those times like I remember sitting and watching this finale and it's one of those things where you feel like you're like oh this is the finale of this season I'm gonna get stabbed in the face like with whatever's gonna happen because Mm. this is my favorite drama like the same when you watch like a Grey's Anatomy finale like you know like the shooting episode of that one oh my god like dramatic like I remember laying on the floor watching that episode and I feel like that's what a finale is for me like you just feel like you're like you know like you're getting like punched in the face every five minutes by like the way that the plot's unfolding and then 
like you said, to know that it doesn't go anywhere is just so heartbreaking. Like, I know a lot of Swifties love, like, Come Back, Be Here, which is, like, that's what we wanted from this, like, Logan going to London. We wanted to see, like, them pining for each other. We wanted to see them, like, struggling with this, like, distance and, like, so that, like, a reunion was going to be amazing. Mm. Because that's what parting sets up for. If you come with me, I won't get on the plane. That's that's probably my favorite line in all of Gilmore Girls. I'm gonna I get it tattooed on my forehead. Completely understand. <laughs> maybe on a hat. I don't know. Maybe not on my no, forehead. No, I think your forehead would be nice. <laughs> really tiny, just along your hairline. Just so TSA can see it. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, hmm, huh? That's a that's a red flag. I feel like a lot of people would be like, that's a red flag. Um, but it's just I feel so passionately about this episode that I feel like when we get to that in Gilmore Revisited, I feel like it's gonna be a lot for you to handle. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. I'm ready. And at that point, I think I'll be so deep into season six in a way that I never have been before because it's not a season I watch very often that it'll be a really, really good conversation. And I think and I think that's what I'm excited for in Gilmore Revisited is to revisit season two and season three with you who loves it so much. Yeah. And like like get the brace bridge dinner from the Tara perspective in the yeah. same way that like you'll get the The latter seasons with you i love it i can't wait Haley, i feel like most of our followers already know that we don't really drink alcohol but we do love a fun beverage oh we do both of us think a fun beverage and a chill night is the epitome of a good time especially when that drink is a recess mood which is a delicious sparkling water infused with functional ingredients like mood lifting magnesium and stress balancing adaptogens so you can relax without the alcohol i drink mine every night while reading of course tara tell everyone how you enjoy yours honestly i usually drink mine while we're recording the podcast (laughs) it's my favorite way to enjoy a recess and all of our besties can get 15% off the Recess Mood sampler pack at takearecess.com slash GTS. Recess Mood is made with real fruit and comes in four delicious flavors like strawberry rose and raspberry lemon. But my personal favorite is the grapefruit tangerine. And with only 20 calories and no added sugar, it's the perfect way to chill. You deserve a healthier way to unwind. Head to takearecess.com slash GTS and get 15% off Recess Mood, your go-to alcohol replacement. I don't know what it is, but cowboy boots are magic. Since they've arrived, I've worn my Tecovis boots almost every day. I have the Annie in Midnight. I know you have the Annie in Bone. I do. But they make me feel so powerful because, of course, it is my dream to be a cowgirl. Yes, I know this about you, but I also know (laughs) you've told me that you wear them while you write your book. I do. I wear them all the time because I also wear them when I get dressed up or when I'm sitting at my dress recording the podcast because they make me feel so bold and brave and like I can do anything no matter how I style them. Tecovis has carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality that you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service with boots for men and women handmade from the most premium leathers. And if you dream of being cowgirls like us or you're already Western to your core, Tecovis is the perfect brand to start with because they believe in Western for all. They don't only offer their handmade boots, but all sorts of head-to-toe Western staples. Perfect jeans to go with your boots, pearl snaps, bandanas, and cowboy hats. You name it and they'll get you out. Outfitted. And if you can't make it into a store, Tecovis delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. So visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. And as a special opportunity for our listeners, Tecovis has said that they will throw in one of their best-selling trucker hats or ball caps for free into any minimum purchase of $100 on tecovis.com. Just use the code Gilmore at checkout. That's G-I-L-M-O-R-E. It's about a $30 value and they sell fast, so they're always 
new styles and looks. Again, for a limited time, just enter code Gilmore at checkout to add a free logo hat to your order as a one-time gift from Tecovis. Only at tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com and point your toes west. Prior to me entering your life, me and Partings, me and my friend Partings entering your life in this way, was Partings ranked lower for you? For sure. Have any way I like made you appreciate you it? You have one thousand percent made me appreciate it. That's the only reason it's higher on my list because I really do think, and this might be a hot take, I think that the show goes from being a dramedy to a drama as the show progresses. Yeah, you know Haley still in Stars Hollow. She took a poll on her Instagram story, uh, I think a couple weeks ago, saying that like the early seasons feels like Gilmore Girls and the later seasons start to feel like a CW show which I can see and maybe that's why I like it I don't know but um I have no idea but I I can see what they mean you know I just feel like it loses the quirky sarcastic air and there's nothing wrong with that it's just a very different show that's what I feel season four does is it pivots it into I mean season five has the quirky moments that's why we love it because it kind of reminds us of like that season two stride hitting energy that we got but we start from a very dramedy funny I can see pop culture we get that in the latter seasons but yeah I think that's why I gravitate towards those early seasons and because of that those finales aren't as exciting from a storytelling perspective because season one love daisies and troubadours it's wrapped up really nicely and yeah there's there's drama because you know you get the proposal you get Dean and Rory I do remember Amy saying once that she never really knew when she was doing the finale if they were like coming back for another season so I think that in part it was like wrapping it up in some ways that like this could be the end of this series if it needed to be and then she started ending it on a cliffhanger so they would renew it (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah that makes sense like love that yeah that's the weird part about dramedies is that like you fall in this weird middle ground of like trying to make people laugh while also keeping your audience invested in the characters with the drama which is why it's a dramedy um and so I think they really leaned more heavily into the drama of it all in those latter seasons because there was more story to tell and that's totally understandable but it it does get different and I think that's why when you and I became friends and I was like oh wow you gravitate towards those later seasons I don't because like yeah. because of that I think because I like to I gravitate more towards the dramedy side of this show whereas the you love the conflict I feel like I need a shirt that just says you love the conflict <laughs> that'll be a part of our merch launch or maybe I should just put it on my forehead <laughs> I love the conflict yeah right underneath if you come with me I won't get on the plane talk about a red flag at TSA <laughs> I love the conflict <laughs> Yeah, right above the eyebrows. Uh, yeah. I do want to get a tattoo, but um, I don't think that that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. I think putting it on a t-shirt that says, I love the conflict, is it. We'll take a poll. Let us know if you want one. So another category from the TikTok was collaborations. Mm-hmm. And like, again, this was like supposed to be with like a musical artist. But there is a writer-director duo that I know that we both really love. And that is Dan Palladino as a writer and Kenny Ortega of High School Musical fame mm-hmm. as a director. Can I tell you when... This first came up. I was going to put my favorite collaboration was Amy and Amy. I know. (laughs) 
I thought about that too. But honestly, on all of the little pamphlets that come with the box sets, it just said mm-hmm. written and directed by Amy Sherman Palladino. I wanted it to say written by Amy Sherman Palladino, directed by Amy Sherman Palladino, because there yeah. are 15 episodes yeah. that she writes and directs. A lot of them are either the premieres, finales, or sometimes both and they're all really strong but I actually put that my favorite collaboration was Amy and Kenny because those are some of my favorite episodes but I love Dan and Kenny too and they actually have more Amy and Kenny only do three episodes together whereas Dan and Kenny do five yeah I think of them the how did I say that like the they shoot Gilmore's don't they is a Kenny Amy collab so like we could go back and forth on it I think we'll have to rank the Kenny Ortega episodes in a different moment because he, the Kenny Ortega episodes of Gilmore Girls like I feel like a lot of people were really surprised to learn that he was a director on the show I think he has a total of 12 episodes that he's directed mm-hmm. um including one from season seven that we'll forgive him for but it's just like they're so they're so good and it makes sense because there he is and I know that a lot of the times the writer on a tv show has like a lot of and like the showrunner has a big hand in how it's directed but it makes a lot of sense because like we get they shoot Gilmore's don't they and Friday Night's All Right for Fighting from Amy and Kenny. And written just, in the stars. Yeah, but the Kenny and Dan ones are the ones that we'll rank today because those are something of themselves as well. Yeah, I'd love to hear yours. So my last one is He's Slipping a Bread Dig. Me too. It's like, it's a good episode. It Nothing is. Nothing to write home about. It's right after the prodigal daughter returns. So like, obviously, we're already filled to the brim with drama and twists and yeah. turns and a lot of resolve from the Lorelai and Rory of it all, but then faced with this new conflict of Luke and April and Anna. So it, yeah. it's it's a strong episode, but not one that I gravitate towards. No, you know, it's a, it's an episode. Mm-hmm. It's good. Um, My next one is A Family Matter. Me too. We love the Jess returns. Totally. Like, it's, like, it's just kind of like a run of the mill, like in comparative to like the rest of Kenny's episodes. It just, yeah. I felt like we were going to be very on par with each other's rankings for this one. Me too. Um, Curious about your third one. Though. Let me hear your Valenka's ring. Me out. too. Yeah. <laughs> It's a great episode. We, you and I both love this episode. Yeah. The Jess Why and the Logan of out of Yale. Oh, so good. Yeah. But comparatively to the other two that they've collaborated on. Let me hear your bell because ringing out is like, you know, monumental, iconic. It's just like such a, such a moment for all of the characters. A huge pivot episode. But in comparison to the other ones, I'm like not at all surprised that we are matching on these because I think this is, this might be where we differ. It is. Because my second one is a deep fried Korean Thanksgiving. For sure. Because you jump by Jump Jack is at the top of that list. Minor reverse. Just, and yeah. that's more of a personal standpoint because yeah. a deep fried Korean Thanksgiving is just it's fun it's a fun and just time moving through yeah it always makes me want to eat rolls oh same but every time the conflict of it all in deep fried korean thanksgiving when rory announces that she's applied to yale yeah and the french couples there <laughs> yes and i love when dean and jess are in the middle of the street and he's like this is my town i'm like dean you arrived They're on the scene like snapping. five <laughs> minutes ago yeah give me some snaps give me a west side story like, are they gonna kiss <laughs> Truly. That's what we need the fan fiction about. It's where Dean and Jess take that moment. Mm. Um, The tension finally builds and we realize why they've hated each other for so long. 
right? <laughs> but You Jump, I Jump, Jack, such a good episode. It's good to watch. You see like the Logan and Rory of it all start to come about. I've broken down this episode on my TikTok before because one of the things that I love about it is how many, um, and this is how a lot of people that follow me found out that Kenny Ortega directs Gilmore Girls episodes because I like mentioned he directed this one. Yeah. But it's You Jump, I Jump, Jack, obviously for Rory and Logan because they are literally jumping off a of scaffolding. But like everyone in the episode is jumping into something new. Like we have Lane and Zach who are going on their first like little date yep. we have luke who's going to dinner at the gilmore's so weird it's season five and luke's never been to the gilmore's before and this is that first moment that he's going yeah. he goes and golfs with richard and we have rory going to the life and death brigade event which i know a lot of people either you hate that moment or you love it but one of my favorite parts of the whole series is logan's monologue here and just like the way that it's done and like the yeah that's the your dialogue, sadie sadie the oh yeah I love it. I'm not going to do it right now because... That's okay. I didn't I didn't do Sadie Sadie either. Yeah. We'd be here for about two minutes, um, but, you know, just know just know that it's there. Just know that I'm saying just it Just know heart. that it exists. Yes. Just know that she could if she wanted to. Yeah. Speaking of tattoos, I think that that's one of the tattoos that I have to get is um, it's your choice, Ace. Do you have any tattoos? No. I don't either. But I do, I, I do want to get one. I think that I'm going to celebrate 100,000 followers on TikTok by getting a Gilmore Girls tattoo. Really? I've decided. Yeah. I'm, okay. I'm not going to let my followers decide, but I'm going to let them have a say and like get some ideas because maybe maybe that's not what I want but maybe I do want to get if you come with me I won't get on the plane on my forehead great well let's get this girly to 100k and we're gonna see what happens maybe I'll get it on my ass Ooh, a butt tattoo <laughs> yes Haley of you if you come with me I won't get on the plane <laughs> oh god maybe not Maybe not that one. <laughs> I am waiting with bated breath to see what happens. The popcorn is being popped as we speak. Um, maybe, maybe not that one, but I do. It's your choice, Ace. Like, that's just... I agree. Great episode. I was surprised that we were so in sync with that I'm not. One. Not at oh, all. Okay. I think that there's a very clear ranking amongst those episodes. Definitely. Okay. Well, next that we have to rank is town events. We'll get more into these when we do our townies episode, which I'm so excited to do. I know. But like to give a little, sur- like let's scratch the surface a little bit here. Yeah, because our um, close friends gave us a lot of suggestions and I've made me realize like how many things there are to rank with the show. Oh my God. There's so many good and bad things to weigh in on, which is why we're here on this podcast. But controversially, okay, one of these, I don't know that it's a town event, but this last one I put for Rory's graduation, like her town in Bon Voyage. In Bon Voyage. Okay. I was really surprised with myself, but I was like, I really think I loved that. As hmm. much as I don't like the episode, as much as I don't know that Luke would stay up and actually like, so tense together. Yeah, for sure. All those tarps. Yeah. Yeah. I just kind of like loved what it meant. Like when Babette was like, we're not going to get to go to your graduation. And they like made it happen. Yeah, for it is very and, endearing. Like, Emily and Richard show up. They never show up to town. Like something about that. I was like, I don't know. I was like, I think that's one of them. I love it. I love that for you. What's your Coming fit? in at number five for me is movie in the square night. Yeah. I think there's something so endearing to them picking the same movie every single year. <laughs> I love that Lorelai was like, I'm going to pick a new one. And she couldn't find anything. So she has like a new appreciation for Taylor. Yeah. But I then love we get. She gets a new appreciation for the town mafia. <laughs> and we know you love to love the town mafia. Yeah. <laughs> um, But we also get a film by Kirk. 
and that is iconic. Rory's arm is broken. Which Haley loves. And so I ranked movie in the square coming in at number five for me. For number four for me, I don't know if it's a town event. Okay. It happened in the town and it was an event and that's Liz and TJ's wedding. Oh, beautiful. Does that count? Can uh, I count here's that? the thing. I didn't do any of like the personal weddings. I did more like town invited events. It just felt like Miss Patty did like dancers for it. Mm-hmm. Like it just felt like a huge event was happening. It happened in the town square. Reflecting light happened. Like I just, oh, it's a gorgeous moment. I just, that wasn't one that I necessarily considered to, I yeah. did it more based on things that they like discussed at the town and meeting the and did. Taylor and the mafia set up for everybody. Yeah. yeah. But that's okay. I think that that's a totally respectable fourth pick. It's a great episode. Yeah. It's a great gathering. I love the theme. I love that that guy who plays like the town troubadour. The alternative town troubadour. Yeah. The second town troubadour. <laughs> the imposter town troubadour comes in and he's also the guy who was that's selling one vegetables. Of the I love partings because he comes, he comes back and all the troubadours come in. Yeah. Love that. Oh, that guy cracks me up. And when he comes walking up those steps in the gazebo and he's marrying Liz and TJ, I burst out laughing every time. It will never not be funny. Yeah. <laughs> Him as a reoccurring character is love it. Um, For me, number four was the end of Summer Madness Festival. The Lazy Hazy Makes Crazy sense. Days of Summer. Yeah. I just think it's fun. I love how excited Taylor is. I love everything that happens. It seems like I, I go would want to go. Yeah, I would totally want to participate in something like that. Okay, my number three is Bit of Basket. Oh, love. Love Bit of Basket. Love that. I love the young hoodlum in the back who's bidding on the basket. Oh, don't we all? I love Luke and Lorelai talking in the gazebo after this moment of like... I love that they're on like, a little date. Yeah, and he's like, you'll find someone the bit on your basket. Sort of and the look they exchange like, is very obvious. You're like, that it's you, buddy. Baby, it's you. Beyonce <laughs> style. And then it all goes downhill. Yeah. Um, number three for me was the Bracebridge dinner, which I know is not one of your faves, but it just yeah. felt like a big town slumber party and it was themed and, you know, Rune is in tights. And I just think there's something so comforting about it. It's like a magical little moment. Yeah. And a lot of people come together, like Emily and Richard come and Paris comes and Mrs. Kim is there. Yeah. I would put that on par with Liz and TJ's wedding. It's yeah. not necessarily like a town event, but it's an event that the town is in. It was an inadvertent town event yeah so that's number three for me and then number two is the bit of basket number two might be i feel like a little bit controversial but the election for town selectmen (gasps) is my number two fucking love that i actually love that too i completely forgot about that my favorite is when hep alien plays i love the song that they play i love that they take a song that was seemingly like honestly for me sounded very feel good like believe it or not i'm walking i would listen to that song because it feels very like oldies but what they did to it oh love chef's kiss i love how suki becomes like a politician's wife like i love that storyline but only for a moment because we barely hear about it after that absolutely that's one of those ones that we'll talk about in our plot holes episode because that just comes and goes you know they just swept that swept that right Right under the rug rug. (laughs) it was a backdoor mafia deal between taylor and jackson I'm just saying. I love what I love about that is when Lorelai finds out because this is when we really feel like Lorelai is like the good neighbor, the good yeah. citizen of Stars Hollow because she sees Taylor, who ostensibly is her antagonist most of the time, mm-hmm. and she's like, fuck, no, we have this is all he has. That's how you know Lorelai is not a narcissist. I know this is a completely different topic, yeah. but like that's how you know that she doesn't really have any malintent for anybody. I think she really is a good neighbor. Like, I think that comparatively, like between her and Rory Lorelai really cares about the town and this is when we get sweatpants loop too oh you're totally right she goes with the champagne he was was asleep um he looks so good for me 
coming in at number one the dance marathon mine's dance marathon too. it is oh yeah i would love to, to go be. like i did this based on things that i would love to attend i would like to go i would not like to participate i would like to dress up i would like to scoop sandwiches with lane right i love a themed event so i would love to get dressed up oh, in some yeah. like 1940s garb i would be like lorelei and wear vintage shoes yeah and have them break, break. i would, I would just have such a great time yeah i don't know that i necessarily i would dance but i think i'd be more like babette and maury i'd be like okay let's go (laughs) have you ever done anything like that before because when I was in college I was in um like the children's miracle network had like college affiliations Mm -hmm. and at my college we did dance marathon and there's like a standing challenge where you stand for 24 hours and it's like the same kind of thing you're not dancing but you can't sit down because it's part of like the raising money for this and I swear that was you become so emotional at the end of it because you're just like you're so tired mm-hmm. and like you've been awake for that long and like every time I watch that episode I'm like I know that I would be a spectator because like the thought of like dancing through that as opposed to just having to just stand like oh hard definitely I wonder though if moving would help you kind of forget about no no I tried you that did? yeah 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 there's a lot of ways that you try to like forget the fact that you've been standing can for that long can you lean against anything can you lean against a wall or do you literally you can lean like I mean but like I had had so much Red Bull by the end of it that I didn't even know where I was can you go to the bathroom so you yeah, sit there and it, yeah but it's like more of like a it's not exactly like a sit and relax sort of situation. I understand. You know, it's the honor code for that. <laughs> for sure. The only like 24 hour type thing I ever did was Relay for Life. Um, we would stay up all night and do that. You don't have to. Like there's a, it's like a division of like you can either get the like tag to stand all night like they do like their number or you can just come for 24 hours. Okay. You don't even have to stay the whole time. But um, yeah, with Relay for yeah. Life, it was the same thing. There were years when I would just show up and be there for a certain amount of hours and I was like, I have to go somewhere in the morning so I would leave. But there were times when I did do it all night and yeah. uh, that's really the only thing I ever did that was kind of an all-night charitable event so I would love yeah. to do something like like the dance marathon or even like the bit of basket yeah that's why I always knew that like I was going to be serving sandwiches with Lane overhearing her little interaction with Dave Vergowski mm-hmm. you know that whole thing love that that's also one of my favorite Jess and Mrs. Kim interactions oh. <laughs> that and then when he's at the window in a tale of pose and fire oh she's so savage yeah I love the two of them. They need a spinoff episode. I agree. <laughs> Speaking of windows, something else that we mentioned in our last episode that we're going to rank is looks through the window because boy, do these characters love to stand on one side of the window with another character on the other and stare at them with no obligation to do anything about it. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't really rank any of these. I just kind of wrote down some of my favorite moments because I just, I think there are so many window moments in this series. Like they use windows a lot, not just for looks yeah. through the window, but communication through the window. So I wrote down a lot, but I'm very interested to hear your rankings of them. Okay, so in my my last one, I had tied because it's a little bit of like, they're kind of in the same sort of like category where it's Dean and Lorelai and at the end of there's a rub looking through the window at Jess and Rory Mm -hmm. because it's like they're having two different interactions, but like what's transpiring outside the window and what's transpiring inside are two totally different things, but the people outside don't really admit to themselves that that's the case. Neither do the people inside, but the way that they're just like looking through 
through the window at them. I just, I love this as a plot device to like get like a feeling for like the internal struggle of these characters. Oh, love it. So that one is tied with in Let the Games Begin. When Rory goes. When she climbs up into Mm -hmm. Dean's window. It's after Dean closes the window and like walks away and Rory's just like staring through the window at him. I'm like, girly, you gotta go. Yeah. You can't just, you can't just sit and watch him. Like it's just something about that. Like I just, which we've talked about how I feel about that moment before, but it's just like, I just love that like the window's closed and it's like he has no obligation to the fact that his ex-girlfriend is in his tree outside anymore. (laughs) Yeah. It's truly for some reason the windows in these situations, like it ends the obligation. You're right. You don't have to address them anymore. It's very symbolic. It is symbolic. He shut her out even though he was still going to see her. Yeah. (laughs) Truly. Because it's a window. (laughs) Yeah, it's yeah. clear. They can and still I, see each I other. I guess I guess that is kind of the symbolism of it. It's like you're still there, you still see them, but like it's shut out. Yeah. Yours aren't ranked, but where I'd actually rank the there's the rub look higher because it's one of my favorites because there's denial like you said on both sides of that window. Yeah. Rory and Jess are I wouldn't say Jess so much. No No, I take it back. He's denying the fact that he went over there to see her. Yeah. She is in total denial about how she feels about him and that's where it really comes to the surface. Because doesn't Rory thank Luke for the food? Yeah. And then she looks at him after Luke walks away because he's going over to deal with Tom. And she's like, huh, seems like Luke didn't really know anything about the food last night. And Jess is like, you want to pay? Like, he just wants to avoid it altogether. And then on the other side of the window is Lorelai and Dean perpetuating this narrative that Rory doesn't lie. lie. Which is a lie. (laughs) Yeah. And so I would rank that higher just from a storytelling perspective and a conflict perspective. Also because There's the Rub, easily one of my favorite episodes in the entire series. So that was like kind of the tie for five. Okay. For four for me um, is Rory and Lorelai in a family matter when they see Jess in his car. Yes. And I like the look through the window at like, oh my God, it's Jess. Is he dead? It's very cold outside. I will never forget watching that for the first time because I was a little older. I didn't get into season four until I was in high school and I was like just filled to the brim with curiosity. Your little team Jess I was like, like, what's going to happen? Is he going to wake up? And also, how did he not wake up? He had just gone in there. And also he's shifting around like, you're not asleep yet. You can totally hear these ladies talking outside. If I was sleeping in my car, I'd be very paranoid and like constantly kind of check. I mean, maybe not in Stars Hollow, Hollow, but yeah. Stars Hollow Mafia has gotcha. They're keeping you safe. Um. (laughs) Yep. That good old Taylor Dosey. Though maybe he would have it out for Jess. So maybe not so much. Maybe he should be on the lookout. But regardless, they look through the window. Jess doesn't know that they're there. Rory has like maybe the first real moment of like, whoa, I have a lot of feelings about this guy. I have to face this. Yeah. 12 to 14 episodes ago. I don't remember exactly where it falls, but like half a season ago. And it's never really talked about. Do they not go home? Because Rory's like, I'm going to go home now. And do they not talk about it when they get back home? I forget. You mean in that episode? Yeah. Yeah, they do. She's like, I'm fine. I'm good. They kind of talk about it. And Lorelai's like, do you need to talk about this? And she says, nope, I'm good. But I do remember there's an episode where Lorelai and Emily are at Friday night dinner, just the two of them. And Emily asks her like, how's Rory? And that guy like kind of questioning how she's doing and Mm. Lorelai says she's stoic like dad you know that's the only Mm. time that it's really addressed in season four before Jess makes his comeback in the latter half of the season and so this is the first time that we like physically see her face this 
But she doesn't. She faces the window because the window cancels out obligations. Do you think that's why they don't talk about anything in the car? Maybe, because the windows are up. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, maybe. <laughs> I would say that that moment is on par f- for me. Maybe not. I, I would maybe rank this a little bit higher um, in Say Goodnight, Gracie, which is an episode I don't watch very often, when Lorelai and Rory are on their way to Fran's funeral and they see Patty. And so Lorelai stops and sits with Patty and Rory walks towards Luke Steiner and Jess is inside working and she goes up to the door oh yeah and she walks away and then he sees her and goes and to go outside and luke is watching the entire thing like i'd say those are very on par because they're not addressing anything and there's so much to say yeah my next one is one that we brought up earlier which is lorelei when she's sitting in the i was about to say the taylor shop what is it called the soda shop um and she's watching april through the window and then the whole town gathers and later luke tells her about it because she had left by the time he noticed Mm -hmm. love that so sad it's very very sad it's not one of my favorites just because it's uncomfortable it's just so funny too because like literally there's a window in the middle of the diner that lorelei is just standing through and the whole town gathers. like love one of my favorite looks through the window through that specific window is in ballrooms and biscotti when we see that window for the first time and rory walks into the ice cream shop to confront taylor about the fact that she can't be the ice cream queen and she holds she holds up the poster to lorelei who's in luke's diner and the face that lorelei makes on the other side of that is one of my favorites it's not like a longing look through the window it's just a really funny exchange i would classify that differently just simply because even though there's a window they acknowledged each other which is very rare when the windows involved so i feel like that's an honorary mention Mm -hmm. just because how dare they acknowledge each other on the other side of the window i know truly that to say then my next one they actually do sort of acknowledge each other but not in a real way which is when in a house is not a home the season five finale when she goes to her parents house and she walks up to the pool house door and rory is already unpacking her books lorelei's just staring at her and rory looks up and she's like oh and then neither of them acknowledge the other. That is the worst. Because I think that that's almost like harder than all of the other ones mm-hmm. because they see each other. They acknowledge that the other person is there, but because the windows is there, there's no obligation to say anything or do anything about it. And they part. They part ways. You know what's interesting about that moment? And this speaks to kind of what you were talking about before about a house is not a home really hearkening back to the pilot. Mm-hmm. In season one, there are a lot of moments where Lorelai is discovering that Rory is growing and evolving and making her own choices. And yeah. there are a lot of looks through the window between the two of them where Rory doesn't look back because Lorelai is observing her making these Mm -hmm. choices like in Rory's birthday parties at the end of the episode where she sees Dean give her the bracelet and they hold hands and she's washing dishes and she looks up and she's like oh my god and then in the next episode kiss and tell she's looking at Rory because she knows that Rory has kissed someone because Mrs. Kim has told her and she's watching Rory and Lane dressed as pilgrims like in the town square and she's (laughs) just sort of like she's like spiraling internally watching her daughter and it's just so interesting to me that they have those moments and then in season five Rory finally looks back at her yeah and it just oh that's it is so heartbreaking heartbreaking. but it's a beautiful it's a beautiful through the window moment agreed do you have another one before the main event go ahead lay it on me lay the main event on me of course it's Jess looking through the window at Rory in the fall episode of the revival there is that was the look through the window heard round the world like that's the one you know that's the one when we said we were gonna rank these that was the first one I thought of I mean yeah it says a lot without saying anything at all that's that's all of them they all say a lot without saying anything at all which is like 
honestly what like the plot device I guess of looking through the window is is you can like relate to the internal struggle of this person that you can't really get unless it's through dialogue Mm -hmm. but I just I love it that one is really hard because you're like what does it mean yeah does he still love her does he miss her is he just proud of her like what does that look mean and we will probably never find out We'll never find out, which I think I'm okay with. But like I did put, I did set that look to a clip from All Too Well, Taylor's version, um, that I'll put on our stories because a lot of people were really upset by what I did with it. (laughs) Made a lot of people cry. But yeah, that one is just like, that's the one. Agreed. Like series wise, it's definitely the Lorelai and Rory one in the season five finale. But like, it's, it's the Jess and Rory one. That was the one that I was like, wait. They look through a window a lot. Oh, yeah. And this, like, there's, I have, like, a list of, like, five other ones that I just sort of, like, hemming and hawing about, mm-hmm. but I was like, these are my favorite ones, but I was just like, this just happened so much. <laughs> one that you didn't mention that I'm shocked by, which was one of my top in The Party's Over, when Lorelai's looking at Rory through the window as she emerges I from the limo. I did miss that one. With the boys. Oh. That's one of my favorites. <gasps> Oh my god, I totally forgot about that one. Wow, speaking of Lorelai watching Rory's life unfold and Rory never seeing her do it. Wow. Oh my god, how did I forget that one? That wasn't even on my like my extended list. Wow. wow. I'm surprised by that. I forgot about it. Hmm. Other honorable mentions from that season. Dean looking at Rory and Lorelai through the window in Say Goodbye to Daisy. No, and say goodbye to Daisy Miller when we get the alternative perspective of their fight. Yeah. Because I also wrote down him looking at Rory in the arcade in season four when he's with Luke. It's through the window, but kind of out the door. It's like, I I never really remember. It's a door window. It's a window door. Yeah. It's a glass door is what I was looking for. It's just the way that it speaks volumes about feelings. One of my other favorite moments of looking through the window from a comedic standpoint always happens at Luke's diner because... Yeah, because it's made of windows. Yes, because the walls (laughs) are made of windows. That's what they did. They set this up. They set up the clear walls so that we could have all these moments two of my favorite moments one it's also when the town is looking through the window at luke and it's in sadie 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 when, when lorelei passes out about yeah kirk passed out it's when lorelei's about to tell luke that she and max are engaged but it's always interesting yeah. to me that town window moments are with luke because no one can really access luke except for yeah. lorelei and rory from a personal standpoint isn't that interesting that makes sense yeah but i also love it in so good talk when he's making all of the terrible food and he's such a curmudgeon because he's so heartbroken over Lorelai and Kirk is in there eating all of his terrible food and Emily comes into the diner yeah and she's having this talk with him and then you turn and Kirk is just pressed up against the door <laughs> and she goes you might want to clean that it's so golden yeah I love that oh yes Comedic that one was genius. in my extended I will say I would like to change mine a little bit now. I can't believe I forgot about the partings one. I want to put that one between the Lorelai sitting in the soda shop and then the party's over one and then season five finale yeah. look. So I, I want to put that one third because I cannot believe I forgot about that. I understand. It's wow. a big one. Yeah. Wow. I feel like there's also maybe going to be some that I forgot about in our next rankings which is something that the series loves to do as much as they love to look through the window which is give a character a letter to reveal something i'm also really intrigued to hear yours because i told you this off pod i only had five letters that i could think of off the top of my head which are the ones that i ranked i'm sure that you have one that i do not have on here that i'm forgotten much like the party's over okay give it to me number five my number five is again another rory and dean sort of um tie 
it's the letter that Rory writes to Dean about her breaking her arm because he's like away at his grandmother's or something and yeah. he reads it in front of her oh the worst like Haley, i completely I, forgot about that letter yeah it's when he so, kicks the duffel bag oof imagine if she had like said like said like she had to like prepare for this moment so intensely that she was like i'm gonna write him a letter and that's gonna be better than me saying i broke my arm I was with Jess. All is fine. Like, it just, like, the forethought that went in that she had to write a letter and, like, we were watching him react to it because I actually think that was, like, a really good use of not having exposition in the episode because we knew what happened and we knew that she had to tell him. But we have to make inferences about what information he's being fed with every yeah. what, what, what as it builds. Which is, like, such a delicious, like, lack of, like just re-explaining it Mm -hmm. loved it I just that one was like to me like wild like a letter like I loved it but that one was like I couldn't decide whether I liked that one or the letter that ended Dean's marriage from Rory that Lorelai gave to him in the grocery store a messenger nothing more Mm. I couldn't decide which one of those I liked better because like Rory why did you write a letter to this man that you're having an affair with that you wrote it down on paper why did you put that in writing girly I don't know like like maybe set up a phone call I don't know there's just there's so many better ways to well I will say that she did call him to meet in person and it sounded like it was a situation where she wanted to talk it out and that's when she and Dean end up sleeping together in Miss Patty's that's true so maybe maybe she was like I cannot face him I need to write a letter this one was really good because like in other letters they're like found and like they were written by other people to other people and they caused drama but this one Rory wrote it we saw it be given to Dean and Lindsay found it so it was like compounded like all of the ways that a letter could be used it was gorgeous but I really I really went back and forth on those I was like oh those Mm. are those are good Rory and Dean ones totally number five for me was Lorelai to Emily and Richard because we don't know what's in it yeah but we know we do you know yeah we do but like Again, it's like the same. We don't know really what was in this, the letter that Rory wrote to Dean either of the times. But she at least speaks to it. We are only privy to what was in the letter to Emily and Richard because of the result. Because that's the entire series. Whereas like Rory speaks to it in A Messenger and nothing more because Lorelai says, all right, I need you to tell me what was in that letter. And so she at least verbalizes it a little. But with Lorelai to Emily and Richard, I was like, we don't ever know what was said and I wish that we did I wish we knew if it was angry I wish we knew if it was just (laughs) like what she wrote them when she was in labor did you put that on here that's not on the top five for me either but like it's hilarious I love that I kind of love that we don't know it because I think that regardless of what it was if it was angry if it was mean if it was like like regretful if it was like just straightforward I think that Emily was always gonna have the same shocked reaction to it of course I just wonder how it contributed to the rift between them for 16 years yeah oh yeah you that know? one's a little bit higher for me mm. but because my number four I don't know why I love this so much we love a letter moment I love that Sherry left a letter with the nanny mm. and went to Paris that just felt like something she should communicate a little bit more yeah, about a little bit more verbally <laughs> but I love that it was a let like bye like I, I guess it's like an heirloom right now now that Gigi can keep <laughs> yeah yeah I, I don't understand. know why I love that so much I- I'm torn about it. I felt like it was a little lazy. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it probably should be ranked lower because the other ones were just so monumental. Mm-hmm. But like something about it, I just was like, yeah, Sherry, write a letter. Go run away with your yoga instructor to Paris. Leave your daughter behind. God, don't, I don't can't tell wait to get you this it. t-shirt. <laughs> she loves the conflict. 
Yeah. What's your number three? The letter that Gran wrote to Richard, or Trix wrote to Richard, that Emily found. Me too. That's my I number love three, it. Trix to Richard. Oh, it's so good. Oh, like, the best. I think I love the fallout of that letter the most of any of the letters. To like, watch Emily have a complete nervous breakdown and just unravel into what she did. Amazing. That's one of my Brilliant. favorite Emilys. Yeah, is just drinking in the middle of the day with her beautiful robe being like yeah there's not much going on here uh i cannot like i think that's actually like my like ideal day like a dream yeah. like in my in my silk robe or rather probably my white my white robe that i always have on mm. read my book club book my book club that i have with myself and then drinking you know yeah that sounds like a perfect in the day middle of the day no judgment maybe i'll do that tomorrow Maybe that'll be my weekend activity. I love that for you. <laughs> so that was both of our three. My two was the note that Lorelai leaves when she leaves mm. the Gilmore. Why did you rank it so high? Because it's, it's the like the pinnacle, of yeah, of the yeah series. Yeah, this is like the impetus for like how the this entire all show. Right? Yeah, yeah. I love watching Emily's reaction to it. I love the way that they're dressed up. I love like that Richard is kind of being like you know pushy in the background, being like, Richard. Yeah, yeah. I love like the filter that's on the like the color correction that's on the scene the sepia tone older yeah and i i just love Mm. it i just love what it did i i love emily receiving a letter (laughs) uh yes in two very different ways yeah what was your next my number two is lorelei's letter for luke's custody agreement it was like an honorable mention but a season seven plot line i couldn't you know that i don't love season seven for me it's the turning point for their relationship and we know what it said and it's read out loud and i just love that despite the conflict between the two of them for the first part of season seven this is where we pivot into the realization that they are always at the root of it all going to be friends they end up together as we know but like they were always going to be friends she was always going to be on his side there's a parallel of that and i forget what episode it's in but it's like when luke comes into your life he stays there of like there's a moment when they're talking at the diner and i cannot remember when it is like earlier in a season of like when luke comes into your life he's there always i i forget what the context of it is but it's like it's like a similar moment i'll have to find it when we or maybe one of our listeners what i'm talking about besties if you know dm us because i think it'll be a while before we get there and gilmore revisited oh yeah but my top letter of course is the letter that lorelei writes for rory for logan to give her to get back together that we read on the last episode same was that the last episode we did i ranked that at number one as well the reaction, the fact that we find out later what it says as a fan base, not really from a story perspective. Yeah. I love it. I almost, okay, so at the time, I really loved that we didn't know what it said. Like, I love that Rory's like, yep, yep. And he's like, come on, does it say anything about there, like, about giving me a second chance? Yeah. And she's like, I'd have to reread it. And it just, oh, it's, so it's like good. true. And I was like, what did it say that she would be so like, and I know she's like messing with him, but like, yeah. oh, I love. Yeah, the cheeky so exchange much. that comes from that letter. Yeah. Again, it reminds me of like classic Gilmore Girls, that dra- the dramedy of it all. Yeah, love it. I love that one. T- definitely a top. Um, I'm sure there are letters that I forgot about. There are a ton of letters I forgot about. I forgot about the Rory and Dean letter at the end of season two, and that's my favorite season. It's the breaking of the arm. That's why I remembered it. Speaking of Lorelai writing this letter for Rory, the next thing that we're ranking 
are Rory's boyfriends. Mm-hmm. I did Rory's love interest, not necessarily just her boyfriend. Okay. Because I included Tristan and Marty in them as oh, well. Oh, you did? Okay. Now, did you do this from... This is tough. Because we've talked about this off pod. We've talked about this on TikTok. And I think we've even addressed this on the pod. That there's a preference for Rory's boyfriends based on our personal taste for men. Or who we think is best for Rory. Or who we mm-hmm. just like the most. I think these are just who I like the most. Okay. Or a little bit for Rory as well. Yeah, it's like, who do you like the most as a character? And who do you like for Rory? Oh, it's Rory? not character-based. It's I think, I think it's more so who I like the most and who's best for Rory. Because character-wise, I feel like differently. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because like, I think character-wise, I could split Jess into two. Because like I, I have in the past. And people got very upset that I said that young Jess was a different person than adult Jess. But I do feel that way. Yeah. Of course he is. Wait, who, who argued with that? Or that they were like, because I like ranked my top 21 men last year for the 21st birthday of Gilmore mm. Girls. And I put Jess and adult Jess in different like standings. Because personally, like they're different for me. And I did the same with this one. Because yeah. I think that. like young Jess as a character love him not good for Rory Mm. and I don't really like him that much but I also love him as a character so I made the differentiation here as well I ranked these based on the relationship Rory has with these men okay I think I kind of did too okay we'll see as we talk about this whether or not I actually did that (laughs) here we go coming in at the bottom Tristan Ooh. okay yeah Paul I forgot about Paul. Well, that's on brand. <laughs> I did not write him down. I did not even consider him. Wow. Um, okay. Well. Yeah. Um, Amy did her job. Yeah. Wow. I forgot about Paul. I, well, he's forgettable, but that's why <laughs> he is- he's coming at the bottom for me, because the relationship the two of them had was so, ugh. I think I'd still put Tristan at the bottom. Really? I think that they're, yeah. It was an icky uh, hair pulling mm-hmm. I did not like that relationship at all. Because we talked about, um, we just broke down the Lorelai's first day at Yale on, or rather the Lorelai's first day at Chilton on Patreon. And like we talk about in there that like Tristan just gives me the ick. Like mm. there's at no point when we meet him other than the fact that he's Chad Michael Murray that like makes me feel like this is a heartthrob that I'm supposed to be like interested in. Like I just get ick from the beginning. Yeah. He's second from the bottom for me. Their relationship was just ugh. Yeah, I guess I put Paul next because I need to insert yeah. him in this now some way. And I guess Paul, because like, who's going to stay with someone for that long and like not feel like, like have some self-respect, Paul. Truly. I felt the same way. I was like, Paul, leave. I mean, he eventually leave. does, but. Oof. Does he? Yeah, he's the one that ends things with her. When did they break up? At the end of fall, I think. He sends her a text being like. Rory, due to our lack of communication, I think we should break oh, up. I completely forgot about that. Yeah. Is this before or after she sleeps with Logan? Mm, can't remember. Yeah. A forgettable man, a forgettable storyline. Yeah. She wasn't beholden to him either yeah, way. So doesn't really yeah. matter. Let's put Paul there because like, okay. I just forgot. Yeah. <laughs> Next up, Dean. Deanie babies. I only rank him below Marty because I just thought that he was so insufferable you don't like dean you know what i think now is the time that i that's why i brought you here today to finally tell you no wow i actually am surprised that he wasn't lower honestly i'm surprised that he wasn't below tristan for you well as far as their relationship goes like there was a time when they were in sync 
Yeah. You know, as a couple. I don't like him. If I was ranking them based less on their relationship with Rory and more of who they are as characters, be a very different story. I'm ranking them based on their relationship with Rory. Which, honestly, is why I was a little surprised. It is. It it wasn't a relationship that I loved watching. But at least in season one, despite the fact that he's like an angry, very emotionally immature kid. There was a lot of good... There were moments. Goodness between them. Yeah. Yeah. And I also... So I put Dean and then I put Marty. Yeah. Like, I think that Marty maybe more so like... I thought they were good friends. Like, it was a nice, like, college pal to have. Yeah, he just felt very pick-me. And then in season seven, they assassinated his character, in my opinion. Because I... We won't even... I can't even acknowledge that. Like, when people talk about that, especially on TikTok, I'm like, guys, that's not something that I can even address. Because I feel like they used that character in such an interesting way. It was a very interesting story. But I just didn't... It was a weird way to bring him back. A very, like, very strange way. Another way that, like, boys just, like, never fall out of love with Rory Gilmore. I think... It, he was dating Lucy, not Olivia, I think. Yeah. And I hate that she calls him boyfriend. Like, just, like... I to, like, cannot stand when people do that. Boyfriend. Boyfriend. He has a name. Uh, but, like, that, I think, is where his character loses points for a lot of people in the fandom is because of the behavior in season seven. And for me, I can't really take that into account just because... I don't really of... account for anyone's actions then. Yeah, which is hard because from a narrative perspective, it is a part of the story. We have to include it, but... We don't. <laughs> I do not. <laughs> but in a sense, we do. In a sense, I don't. <laughs> I understand, Haley. I understand your feelings are hurt. But no sparkly heart. But yeah, I do. We do have to like account for it in some ways. Yeah. But no sparkly heart for most of it. But we do. I will begrudgingly give you that. That's going to be your tattoo. No sparkly heart, <laughs> but we do. But we don't. But we do. But we don't. But also but no don't. sparkly heart. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, in terms of like where he's at in season five and a little bit of season four, you know, like I think they could have been fine together, if not a boring little comfortable relationship yeah. that would have ended because Rory, much like myself, loves a little bit of drama. Does she not? Mm-hmm. She does. Yeah. So then there's only two more. Mm-hmm. We don't even have to say them. Oh, I will say, sorry, I put young Jess below Marty in terms of a good relationship. Oh, that's right. You said that you broke them up. Yeah, it was Tristan, Paul, spectacularly because I forgot about him, Um, Dean, young Jess, Marty, adult Jess. And I will classify adult Jess as being, let me hear your balancas ringing out and beyond. Not not Jess in season four. Mm. I'll say young Jess is two through four and adult Jess is six through revival which are six and revival because mm-hmm. we don't get any more of him but i'll put him there i understand i will put jess as one human <laughs> i will make Jess yeah. one person and i will put him and his entire journey at number two because from <gasps> a personal standpoint i am team jess did you hear that Haley's speaking into the abyss <laughs> there's a dumbo poster over there i asked dumbo. oh good from a relationship standpoint when Jess and Rory wow. dated, Jess was not ready for Rory. And Rory was mm-hmm. not ready for Jess. I love him. I am team Jess five ever. Yeah. But if I'm looking at it from a relationship standpoint, we also saw from the way the story was told, we got a lot of Logan. Yeah. And we watched their relationship it's her develop. Adult relationship. On the whole, I hate the way that the relationship was executed in the revival because oh, of the yeah. cheating and everything that comes along with it. And I think Ugh. that her relationship Big with yuck. Jess ends up becoming healthier. Yeah. But if I had to base it on romantic relationship her relationship with logan it's the same way i feel about season five season five it's not the season i prefer over season two but it is a very strong season 
Yeah. The story between Logan and Rory is much more fleshed out. And also something that we get more of than her relationship with Jess. I am team Jess forever and ever and always. I will always root for him as a character. But when it comes to the relationships that served the best purpose for Rory from a romantic standpoint, Logan, in my opinion is at the top of that list. Yeah, and we know that I agree 100%. From a friendship standpoint, Jess is at the top of that list. Rory and Logan weren't meant to be friends. Like, that's never made very clear. Um, but I am excited to get into a full episode breakdown with you of Logan and Rory themselves, um, because I feel like we have a lot, lot to discuss there. And I could, this episode would be 15 hours longer if we broke down my feelings on why Logan is the top. But, you know, it's your choice, Ace. If you come with me, I won't get on the plane. Actually, my favorite line that Logan says is in But I'm a Gilmore when they're at the Huntsberger's house. And he hands her the drink and he she says, she's like saying she doesn't want anything to drink. And he says, it's club soda, Ace. That's actually my favorite line that Logan says. And that's actually not true. My favorite line is in Partings when they're walking in the hall with Colin and Finn. I don't know why I've gone down this rabbit hole. <laughs> when he says their friendship in his life is, a, is worth at least a couple lines in his memoir. But as of now, it's goodbye. I'm spending the rest of the night alone with my girl. I literally, every time he says that, I want to die. Uh, like, I want to, like, wet cement smoothie for lunch, sort of, like, vibes. <laughs> so I can be dead by dinner. Like, I just, like, love it. Anyways, we'll just have, we'll have to end that there, because otherwise we're going to go on about this forever, and we'll save that for our Logan Huntsberger episode. Truly. But that brings us to Lorelai's relationships and ranking those. Also based on a relationship perspective, less a personal preference. Yeah. No, I don't know. This one this one went wacko for me. Okay. It, it's kind of all over the place. It's kind of relationship. It's kind of preference. It's kind of like I hemmed and I hawed and I moved them back and forth mm-hmm. a million times. Mm-hmm. What I'm reading on the page right now is not what I'm about to say. I also went back and forth on this a lot. I What I'm going to read here is right. Okay. But it's also, also at the same time, like I feel a million different ways, which we actually have not talked about Lorelai's relationships much before. I mean, I've like, we've like, you know, sporadically, like, we'll say whether or not we like this guy or that guy. But we've never really, like, dived into how we feel about Lorelai's relationships. But I think that this will give a clear outline for where we're headed in future episodes. Yeah. (laughs) At the bottom. Max Medina. I know. I know how you feel about that. He gives me big ick. I know he does. Big with a capital B. Um, Alex was at the bottom for me because I don't really feel like we learned enough about him or about them I do love that they had the dry witty banter I do love that he was very honest with her I love the episode where Alex Lorelai Suki and Jackson go to New York the theater is that swan song yeah because that's when Rory and Jessica did Friday Night Dinner together alone and I love that he's like that is the worst piece of crap show I've ever seen like he does not sugarcoat it at all I think he's really awesome it's just a situation where I don't think we got enough information about the relationship between the two of them we never really get glimpses into that that and I love that he owns a coffee shop it it seemed to be a very perfect setup for them but we just don't learn enough I think I could technically agree with you Like, when I made this list, I was like, Max at the bottom, no consideration, just straight down there, straight to the bottom. Mm -hmm. Cement blocks tied to his ankles. Um, But I would say that maybe Alex should maybe be lower than Max, but I won't put him there. Okay. Is he number four for you? Yeah, because I just, I feel like they would have been a good fit. I never really saw Max and Lorelai together. Mm. That never made sense to me. Not one time. Maybe once. Maybe one time. Um, But as a whole, no. But I put Alex above him. And maybe, like, technically, as you said, like, it was just so short-lived. But, like, potential, you know? I think they could have been good together. I totally agree. I think that they had 
a much like I liked their short relationship better than I liked anything that I saw from Max and Lorelai mm. personally. And four for you is Chris. Really? Yeah. Oh. Okay. The thing is, I feel like their chemistry, of course, was there because they've known each other for so long. Something about David and Lauren together is just so magnetic. The two of them together. It is, but I just feel as characters, Chris stunted her emotional growth, in my opinion. I don't feel like he ever challenged her. I feel like they were 16-year-olds trying to make it work as 30-somethings. It just didn't work. They would revert back into a lot of their old tendencies, and there was just too much time and space between the two of them. Yeah, I agree. I just, I wanted them to work so bad. Of course. I'm not Team Chris, but I think that they would have, like, if Chris could have gotten his fucking act together, they could have been it, like, in a really good way. Because I think that, like, but I think at the end of the day, the the thing that held Chris and Lorelai back every single time, which is why I can't really be Team Chris, is Chris. Chris is what's holding them back. It's not Lorelai, because I think in a lot of ways, like, in other relationships, it's kind of like a push and pull of, like, who is, you know, like, who's showing up and the other person's not. But with Chris, it's... Every single time Lorelai gives him the benefit of the doubt, she gives him the chance. She like, you know, she's showing up. She's ready for it. And I think that Chris is always the one that fucking lets her down. The and only so time I would disagree with that is in season seven. He's ready. He's finally ready and it's too late. She's already fallen in love with somebody else. She's already... I will know Sparkly Heart that because I don't think that Chris is ready given the fact I think it's kind of like a I'm all in situation with Luke because I don't think he actually I think he wanted to be ready but he actually wasn't because I think if Chris was like actually ready and like actually willing to do it I think he would have been more of an effort to put in the work rather than sulk about it because when we get to I'd rather be in Philadelphia which is like probably the episode I've seen most oh I know he really dropped the ball her father's in the hospital yeah I agree it's not, and that. it's not just her father. It's someone that he has, like, revered for so long. Someone who is family to him. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think if he really was in it and it was really about Lorelai and, like, trying to, like, win her over and, like, even though the fact that they're married and she's committed to him, I don't think, I think that there's this recognition that she's not fully there. But does he not show up? Because you've seen him more than I have. I never watch season seven. Does he not show up because he wasn't listening to her voicemails? Because he didn't want to, he-, he didn't want to hear from her. And then when he does find out it's Richard, he, he shows shows up he kind of yeah he kind of goes off the grid but like no I agree with you he shouldn't have gone off the grid again it's a very emotionally immature thing to do yeah but I just think in the first half of season seven he's so ready and she's so not and it's understandable because she had just come off of this really really intense relationship that was filled to the brim with love and also conflict and had been building up for so long and There was just a turning point for Chris in Wedding Bell Blues where he was always going to feel like the second best to her. And I will say that, like, I think that the conflict in I Can't Get Started of he finally feels ready, despite this little conflict booming in the background, is the same way that he's ready at the beginning of season seven. Where, like, at the first sign of something going wrong, gone. You know? Like, can't handle it anymore. I totally hear you. I just... I feel like season seven was a bit more on Lorelai and I think the narrative was built that way. And I still like don't fully consider it like it's a, it's like a 
I know. It's like a week, no sparkly heart between us for that one. I totally hear you. you. It's a season seven sparkly heart. But yeah, for me, he's coming in at number four. I just felt like he stunted each other's growth from a relationship standpoint. I just didn't think it was a strong relationship, even though because David and Lauren are incredible actors, it was really interesting to watch the chemistry between the two of them. I think of the couples that I wanted her to work with the most, I wanted her to, I wanted it to work with Chris. I wanted Chris to fucking step up and be there, but he never did. Um, But he is my number three. Okay. Max is my number three. And Max rests in the middle for me because contrary to Chris, even though they had incredible chemistry, I think Max challenged Lorelai. They were not right for each other. And I thought that was pretty evident from the jump, but he was so different from the other men that she had dated. It was a combination of being a very boring relationship and also a very intriguing relationship to watch because they were so different. Very confusing. Red light on the wedding night was where you start to be like, oh, this isn't right. Yeah. And it felt really intentional that that was like kind of like the first reveal of that. Like we spoke to that a lot of Rory's boyfriends are like Lorelai. I think that the same can be said for Rory and Lorelai's boyfriends. And I think with Max, because the thing with Rory is Rory's very smart, but she never makes Lorelai feel like she's dumb for not knowing anything. Mm -hmm. Like Lorelai is really like right there with her with a lot of the things. Like she might not be as like academically smart, but she is like, you know, she can keep up with Rory. And I think that the same thing with Max is Max is like an intellectual he's a professor at a very prestigious preparatory school but he never talks to her in a way that like doesn't feel like she can't keep up with no him. he's you not know, condescending right whatsoever he's actually very yeah. very fascinated by her which i think is why i liked their relationship dynamic a lot it's just by the time we get to red light on the wedding night it's just yeah. so obvious that between her phone call to chris luke making her the hoopa like it's just so yeah evident he just gives me too much of an ick <laughs> I get that, and we'll get into that another time. But coming in at number two for me is Jason. Jason. Yep. I love Jason and her together. I thought they were, again, I thought it was a relationship that challenged her in a way that was very different from the others. It was refreshing because it's still a person from her past in the same way that Christopher knows that life and that world that she comes from because they had known each other since they were young. They had evolved past that. And so enough time had passed that they had known each other as kids and then got reacquainted as adults. And that dynamic he could match wits with her. It was very, very exciting to watch. A little bit as eccentric as she was, but in a different way. And I feel like this is the closest that Lorelai gets to someone who is like really a lot like her. Mm-hmm. And we get like, because like Chris is, but I feel like Jason was in a much healthier way. But I know a lot of people have compared Jason and Logan together. And I can see that. Yeah. Like I can see like the way that they sort of like fit into that relationship, which maybe is why I like Jason. I really like Jason. A lot of people really get the ick for Jason, which I'm just going to come out and say it. If Jason was played by Chris Evans, I think that people would like him a lot more. I don't think it had to do with the storyline. You think it had to do with the actor? I don't think he was as cute as he could have been. I agree. You know? Like, if yeah. he was mean to say, he's not a bad looking no, man. No, he's a good looking man. It's like, just, yeah. I I don't feel like it was a storyline. I feel like he wasn't like the like TV heartthrob that like we wanted Lauren Graham to end up with. And I, I always say like if he had been played by Chris Evans, people were like, Chris Evans was supposed to play Jason? I'm like, no. I'm just an objectively hot man I'm yeah. putting in this role as Jason and I think that had he played him or even like Matt Zucri if he had been in the Jason role a little too young for at the but time maybe but now like him now yeah yeah you're totally I right have, you know it's it's one of those I things like for me that I say. feel like from a character perspective 
he was very on par with Lorelai's mm-hmm. witticisms, with Lorelai's interests, with her background. Her relationship with her parents was strained in the same way his was. Yeah. From an audience perspective, he was the person keeping her from Luke. So I think that's yeah. why a lot of people don't like him. That was his role. And like, as we know, like she has to end up with someone like her mom in the same way that Rory does. So she had to end up with Luke Mm. because Luke is her mom. So like, and Luke and Lorelai's relationship is my favorite, not just because they end up together. I just think that they challenge each other in ways that no other relationship they've had has. I mean, we don't really get a lot of Luke's relationships. We sort of see him with Rachel. We see him with Nicole and it's awful. And then we watch him kind of like try to date around in season seven with that weird cookie lady the swim instructor that was weird for me because i really felt like luke would eat vegan food yeah be into it well especially given the way they paint him at the beginning of the series when he's like red meat can kill you enjoy so yeah i like their friendship better so like we can get into like a deep dive on that but i just i think that when they got together and when he said i'm all in they cursed themselves interesting it was all downhill from there you know i think that when it comes to love interests that are set at the beginning of the series with an intention to like blossom into the romance you root for like a friends to lovers yes I think that that's hard because once it actually happens it it, it really is a crapshoot how the audience is going to take it maintain it yeah yeah Yeah, no I I do think that with Luke and Lorelai their friendship was so much more exciting to watch than their relationship yeah but and I think that he knew how to be her friend more than he knew how to be her her lover because I don't think that Luke really understood how to be a partner to somebody to anybody he wasn't uh, we don't really know much about his relationship with Rachel outside of what we saw in season one and then he and Nicole were just like oil and water so yeah I will say even though I know that Max gives you the ick I did think that the way that he did the proposal at the time when I was growing up was very romantic it was very magical to walk into that room and see all those daisies but as an adult Yeah. It's up for debate how I feel about it. Yeah, because I mean, we have like the same thing kind of like we get a proposal with Luke and Mm Lorelai. And like, I think that's what I mean of like, Luke didn't really know how to like take this relationship any further. And like, I think that I like that Lorelai proposed, but I did not like Max proposing. And with Chris, we kind of don't really see that proposal really they just kind of come back and they're married she gets herself entwined in a marriage situation quite a bit doesn't she She does i never really thought about that well because also chris kind of proposes to her a little bit in season one Mm. in christopher returns yeah but all in moments of conflict it really makes me like consider how amy how amy views love because like the way that like love is professed the way that like marriages happen the way that weddings play out like it just it's all there's a lot to say, and we'll have more to say on that next week. Follow us on Instagram at Gilmore to Say Podcast, and make sure you subscribe to us on whatever platform you're currently listening to us on now, as we will have a new episode out every Tuesday because we always have more to say. And if you have more to say, find us on Patreon where you can support the pod, join our Gilmore Obsessed community, and access bonus episodes every month. How many times can I say that I love that we broke her arm in this episode? Yeah. Oh, gosh. We're going to have to cut some of those out because... Oh. We're going to have to cut a lot of things out. We're, we've already recorded for almost two hours. Oh, my God. Wow. This is going to have to be two episodes.